Good morning, everybody. Welcome to It's a Religion. The podcast that hopefully encourages your faith, helps you walk in truth and light, and um, not necessarily righteousness, because there's only one way to do that, and that's being in Christ. There was a man that lived 2,000 years ago. His name is Jesus Christ. And he came that we might have life, and life to the fullest. He came to show us truth so that we might uh, understand how we got here, why we're here, what the purpose of this life is. And you have a choice to put your faith and trust in that or you have a choice to put your faith and trust in many other things that Satan and the world will offer you as a replacement for that, as a potential uh, displacement of that truth. So this is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the republic for which they stand, two nations under God, individual or with liberty and justice for some get myself messed up I'm like trying to say the what used to be the American motto which still would be nice if we were unified but that I don't think has ever been the case completely but uh suffice it to say that uh you know with with that idea in mind uh you know there's always been a struggle ever since the fall ever since before the fall you know Satan was there and uh enticed Eve so for some reason, God has allowed that to occur. And people will say that, well, why was, would a good God allow evil um, to exist? And, you know, my, I guess my understanding or my take has always been, well, how would you know love and goodness and truth if you didn't know if falsehood and lies and deceit and um, hate and things like that didn't exist? How you know there would be no contrast if everybody loved each other all the time. Now, someday, I believe that's going to be the case. I believe there will be no more hate. And you know, we see stories all the time of uh, things that try to divide us based on our skin color, trying to somehow equate that to race. And uh, you know, again, here we believe there's only one race, there's the human race, that's the only race there is. We're all humans. All of us that walk around on two legs and have a mind and can think and talk and speak and move, uh, you know, and have understanding, those would be human beings. Those would be people who, uh, uh, you know, we are called to love and to pray for and to um, encourage. And some don't follow. Uh, don't choose that path. There's a lot of folks that fill in that blank, fill in that blank of worshiping something else, worshiping at the feet of the religion of evolution, worshiping at uh, the feet of Mohammedism, at the feet of Buddhism and other things. So you need to be aware of that. You have a thing going on right now called the Olympics that is over in a place called the Chinese, well, China, and there is a group of folks called the Chinese Communist Party that uh, hold influence over that country. 
And that is exactly what one party in the United States of America would love to set up. They would love to be able to clamp down and have continuous power, continual power over its subjects like the Chinese government does. And they're actively trying to do this um, with the help and support of the legacy media. And it's really quite something to see. And, you know, we have a battle, a spiritual battle going on here like we've never seen. You have uh, people giving money to a uh, effort in Canada through an organization that obviously is a liberal organization that doesn't want anything to do with freedom, that doesn't want anything to do with um, the rights of people because they're trying to steal the money that people gave willingly to this effort. And now they're saying they're not going to give them the money. And it's it's really an amazing thing. But that is leftism, folks. That's that's Satan. Satan loves to steal. And that is absolute theft in broad daylight. So it is what it is. We have all this going on, and yet Christ is on the throne. And he is coming back one day. And so where do we put our faith? Where do we put our trust? If we can't trust in man... Uh, what do we trust in? Well, go to the Bible and let's look at the book of Genesis, which we have already. And we see how man was created and the purpose that God had behind creation to have a relationship with man and to for man to take care of his creation. And then we go through uh, into the redemption story. We see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then we see Jacob becoming Israel. And we see Israel going into bondage as a representation, I believe, of our sin that we are in bondage to. And so they're there for 400 years, and God says, okay, it's time to come out. And he takes them out of Egypt with a strong hand, it says, and does a bunch of miracles to show his power. And Israel glorifies God for a time. And then we get into the book of Judges, uh, or Joshua, where they go move back into the promised land and of course, don't do that uh, exactly the way the Lord had prescribed to them. So they have issues. And then we go into the book of Judges where there is no king. And, and though even though God is Israel's king, they don't apparently look at it like that. And, you know, the book of Judges is a constant ebb and flow of God raising somebody up to help them out when they call upon the Lord and then they go into sin again. And it's it's an example of of life through that. So we come to the book of Ruth today, and I'm going to read through some of that um, because it's a, it's a good read. It's, it's, uh, it's a faithful thing that happens in the book of Ruth. There's, there's an example of faithfulness that we can glean from that. But also, again, when you look at this story, folks, this whole thing is about the line of Christ, is about how Christ came into this world and the effort that God put forth to help make that happen, to guide this, even through man's choices. You know, we see a choice between two different people, one that, that could have redeemed Ruth and it would have uh, eliminated him being able to, uh, or eliminated Ruth being able to bear the father or the in the lineage of David, which we'll see in a minute. Um, David was the king of Israel at one point. 
So let me just read through some of this. Now it came to pass the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man named Bethlehem Judah, Bethlehem Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And uh, so he was an Israelite that went down to Moab to sojourn, to live. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilon, or Chilion. Uh, Ephrathites of Bethlehem Judah. So they were part of the tribe of Ephraim. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons, and they took them wives of the women of Moab. And the name of the one was Orpah, the name of the other was Ruth, and they dwelled there about ten years. So eventually... They die off. And Naomi says unto her daughters, Go, return unto your mother's house. And, uh, you know, Ruth does not. The other gal does. Orpah goes back. And, um, you know, Ruth tries to, or Naomi tries to tell Ruth, you know, get out of here. And Ruth's like, look, where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so unto me, and more also if I ought but death part you and me. So she is faithful to Naomi and follows her. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. So it's interesting as we see that they're in the line of Christ, even though she's going to end up with a gentleman here in a minute that we'll, we'll find out. Uh, the guy's name's Boaz. There's a Moabitess that is in the line of Christ. So in reality, I guess you could say there was a Gentile relationship or something of that nature. And, you know, when you think about it, um, they really, you know, that line which came through um, Abraham's nephew uh, still goes back to Abraham's father. So it's we all come from the same place. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, the family of Elimelech, and the name of his was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, let me not go into the field and glean ears of corn. They, they used to let poor folks do that. And that was part of God's law, to take care of the poor and the destitute. Um, and so she does this, and they go through a little bit uh, of thing, and Boaz notices uh, he says, whose who's dam damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said it was Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. And so she came and said, Boaz to Ruth, hear you not, my daughter, go not to glean in another field, neither go from behind, but abide here fast uh, by my maidens. Let your eyes be on the field that they do reap. So Boaz is kind to her. And uh, gives her a bunch of barley, and he, she goes back to Ruth. And um, you know, Ruth uh, or goes back to Naomi. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, "Blessed is he of the Lord who has not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead." And Naomi said unto her, "The man is near of kin to us, and one of our next kinsmen." And Ruth the Moabite said. He said also unto me, You shall keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. So, you know, he's taking care of her. And, 
So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz and gleaned until the end of the barley harvest and end the wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. So then in chapter 3, Now your mother-in-law said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for you? May it be well with you. And so she starts pushing the idea that she might be able to uh, be with Boaz as his wife, I believe is, is what the purpose here. And again, Boaz is still... Uh, liking the idea. And uh, at the end of chapter 3, then said she, sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will fall, for the man will not rest until he has finished the thing today. So Boaz heads up to sit in the gate. This is where they used to do all their deals. And he tries to... Uh, uh, there's one other person, apparently, that, that could redeem Mo Ruth prior to... Uh, Boaz and Boaz says to the man, "Hey, are you going to take care of this thing?" And the guy's like, "Well, I can't because I would uh, put my own inheritance in jeopardy." And Boaz is like, "Okay, among the elders, I'm going to do this." And he marries Ruth, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. Again, like I said, it's a it's a good story in faithfulness and and how someone uh, with means is taking care of somebody without and. Uh, so the women, her neighbors, gave... Okay, wait a minute. And Naomi... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me back up. And you shall be... And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which has not left you this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto you a restorer of your life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, which loves you, which is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. And Naomi took the child. So um, Ruth has a child. And Naomi uh, gets to nurse it. And her neighbors gave him a name saying, there's a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. And so all of this has, has taken place in the line of Christ by God's hand. Now these are the generations of Perez, which brings forth Hezron. Hezron brings forth Ram. Ram brings forth Aminadab. And Aminadab brings forth Nashon. And Nashon brings forth Salmon. And Salmon brings forth Boaz. Boaz, Obed. And Obed, Jesse. And Jesse brings forth David. So, you know, one of the other things, again, I love about the Bible is it's so accurate. You have all these uh, genealogies in the Bible that show exactly how people came to be. And I laugh when people say it's just a fantasy. I'm like, well, wait a minute. These people were there. They wrote these things down. How is this a fantasy? How is this something that's not true? You know, the fantasy is, hey, 10 million years ago, and there was a pool, and, a, and life came out of it, and uh, developed all this stuff that we see. Uh, and, I, you know, that's the fantasy, folks. That is, that is an absolute poppycock as my British friends might say. The theory of evolution is the most ridiculous thing that's ever been offered to man on the planet Earth, and yet millions of people put faith in it. Millions of people have been succumbed to that theory because they don't want to think that there is a God that owns them, that owns everything, that made everything. And uh, it's, it's really a sad thing because it's a beautiful place to live when you trust God to that level. So let's take a quick look at the news. Um, we have uh, a battle going. I heard ADP reported there were 300,000 jobs lost, and yet somehow the government's reporting uh, American employers added 467,000 jobs, even though Omicron was raging. 
Omicron, the bad cold, you mean, was raging through the country. And so we've got a good sheriff candidate in Stevenson County, I believe. Uh, that could be good. And got a guy stepping down from the Senate and uh, got another guy running for it. That would be good. If we could ever get rid of the Chicagoland area. Um, and we really got to get away from the pharmaceutical companies. There's too much money in that. Uh, uh, so they're going to try and make EVs for the uh, delivery fleet for postal service. So that's going to be good. I think that, you know, electric vehicles is a good idea. It's just it's going to take a while to implement um, because there's just not enough infrastructure there to charge all this stuff up. You know, where do they think all this electricity is going to come from? And I do not buy that American employers added 467,000 jobs in January. But they're going to do everything they can um, to... uh, try and make Biden look good in an election year and the Democrats. So it is what it is, folks. Uh, You know, libs are going to do what they do. People who put their faith and trust in evolution are going to do what they do. And uh, they love incrementalism. They love um, control. You know, there was a, a little bit of a story about a Chinese official trying to shut down an Olympic uh, broadcast by one reporter over there. And that's, you know, leftists have to control the narrative. They have to control information. Because if you really knew what they were up to, you would never vote for it. You would never vote for somebody that to control your life. Unless you were helpless, maybe. I don't know. But in this country, we don't like that idea. And you see this with this trucker convoy in Canada when you see a guy like Trudeau looking down at people going, well, their views are just bad. We, you know, are not acceptable. Well, by whose standard they they want freedom man. they don't want you telling them what to do, Justin, but there's a large group of folks that want to shut you down, that want to cancel you, that want to uh, keep you from living in freedom and having a say in, in your future. Which is just, it amazes me. Like, why would people want that? The only thing I can chalk it up to is that because they're under the influence of one who wants to thwart the will of God in some way, shape, or form. I don't see how else you get to that point. These people do not have faith in Christ. Not true faith, I don't believe. They may tip a hat to it because they have to. So... You know, they're still trying to use race to divide us every chance they get. They're trying to use uh, other things to divide us every chance they get. Um, but I don't, I saw a story this morning. Charles Barkley calls out NFL. We're going to have a black Supreme Court before there's a black head coach. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Isn't the guy that is the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers a black guy? Um, there's a guy named Lovey Smith that coached the Bears for 10 years which I wish he was still there, to be honest with you. Ever since he left, it's been a disaster. You know, they've had a new coach every four years. They should have just kept him. It couldn't have been any worse. I mean, Lovey was in the playoffs pretty much every year. Um, 
We see Shaq dropping the hammer on vaccine mandates. That's pretty cool. Rand Paul promises to investigate Fauci if GOP wins the Senate in the midterms. Go, Rand. And uh, we've got a fight over trans people competing. I, I just, some of the, you know, you can't, you can't see some of this stuff and just not shake your head and go, what world do we live in? But again, this is, this is a satanic sponsored world, people. Um, we got judges ruling that we need to mask our children in schools because it's a good idea somehow. Um, yeah. GOP censors uh, Cheney and Kinzinger. Praise God for that. Those two are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, there's a debate between Trump and Pence about the idea that he could have overturned the 2020 election, and that's not the point. He shouldn't have have said used the word overturn. I'm sure the media stuck that in there somewhere, but it's not about overturning. It's about validating. You know, these some of these electors were not validated properly by law. And Pence could have said, hey, wait a minute, you know. But, and the senators were uh, ready to do that. And that was another reason I think they let people into the chamber, into the the building. You know, Pelosi could have had 20,000 National Guard troops there protecting that whole area. And she refused that. And I believe that was the government encouraging people into that building or they would have never got in there. There is no way. And when that happened, they were able to flip the narrative because, again, communists are all about the narrative, folks, all about uh, disinformation and claiming others are disinforming you in the process because that's what they do. And people used to understand that. People used to know that that's what communists were all about. And I don't, I believe 85, 90% of people in this country don't want nothing to do with communism. And yet it's making its way into our government every step, every time the bureaucracy at the federal level gets bigger. And they're going to try and eliminate local uh, policing so they can do it from the federal level so they can have central control over everybody. And that's what's coming. That's what they want to implement. That's what the Great Reset is about. That's what the One World Government is about. And again, it may happen in our lifetimes, but we may get a reprieve now and again, but uh, it's something they're going to continue to push for. And if if you're, uh, yeah, I, it's just going to be what it is. So, uh, so you can have that. You can put your faith and trust in that, or you can put your faith and trust in something that's going to last, something that's eternal, something that offers freedom. Someone who gives you freedom, freedom from your own sin, especially. And that is Jesus Christ. He came and died on a cross for you and rose again the third day and is in heaven, seated at the right hand of God. And he's coming back someday, seemingly sooner rather than later. And uh, we hope and pray that, that we will encourage you in that because uh, there's much to be thankful for in that and what he's done for us. So have a great day. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, we'll hopefully see you tomorrow when we look at the book After Ruth, the next book, the book of First Samuel.
Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing. For summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama, for my friends, for your love that never ends, for the songs that make. 